Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well met, fellow adventurers. We are back in Hawkwest Island, where we previously found Woodfoot's amulet. And we've gone back to those ruins. You're standing in amongst the crumbling ruins of an ancient structure on the eastern side of Hawkwest Island. The massive blocks that make up the walls of the once imposing building lie scattered throughout the surrounding forest. Near the centre of the ruins is a wide opening in the earth, through which descends a broad set of broad stone steps. The steep one of stairs vanishes into darkness only a few yards below. Well, fortunately I have I have I have a never ever go out lamp. Which, uh, it's just, I don't have to worry about fueling either. Yes, yes it, it's, just, it's just one of those things you're just assumed to have. And therefore you have it. Yes. Although, in many other cases, originally there were checks whether you had had a lamp or not but I think you know, now just the game just assumes climb down the stairs you're standing at the base of a broad set of stone steps leading up and out of these underground corridors the musty smell of dank earth fills the stagnant air okay I'm in. A, I think I'm in the northwest corner of this dungeon. I'm, I'm a little circle, all on its own. The lonely sounds of your footfalls echo along the dark, musty corridors of these ancient ruins. Okay. On the east side of the circle is some stairs. You're standing. You're standing at the top of a set of broad stone steps that descend approximately twenty feet to a lower level of these ancient ruins. I mean, yeah, I guess that's that's pretty much the only way to be sure that things will survive into the modern age is to put it underground. And and I'm probably at least a two, three feet down, because in that the that that boundary, it's gonna be ploughed to heck. But you go deeper than that, it'll probably be fine. Descend the stairs. You're standing at the bottom of a set of broad stone steps that descend, descend approximately 20 feet to an upper level of these ancient ruins. Okay. Oh, no, I was wondering, are there any roundabouts? Oh, and then there was. Your cautious exploration comes to an abrupt halt as a sinister shape looms out of the darkness ahead. You instinctively fall back and draw yourself into a defensive stance as a staggering undead horror lurches into view. An armoured skeleton, grey tabard hanging in tattered over the pitifully rusted chain waistcoat, hiss hisses as it moves in to attack. Its fleshless dip digits wrap tightly around the hilt of its ancient blade. It's a skeletal swordsman, and I'm beginning combat. Slashed at you, I stab at it, and now it's a pile of bones. 9 XP. After taking a few moments to recover from the fight, you quickly check over the equipment before once again setting off along the corridor. Okay, on the eastern side, there's some more stairs. You're, set, you're standing at the top of a set of broad stone steps that descend approximately 20 feet to a lower level of these ancient ruins. Descend the stairs. And that's the third circle, just a bit to the east of the first. First two, and... Well, I can go east one, 
and there's some more. You're standing at the top of a set of broad stone steps that descend approximately 20 feet to a lower level of the ancient ruins. Well, let's descend these stairs. You're standing at the bottom of a set of broad stone steps that descend approximately 20 feet to an upper level of these ancient ruins. Alright, now I'm in a bigger compartment. Alright, this is, I think it's a big rectangular loop. Okay, I'm going west, here's something. A sarcophagus rests on the plinth again against the south. South, in this section of the corridor, the ornate burial box and its heavy stone lid are covered with strange engraved symbols. A sarcophagus? Maybe they have nice stuff! Loot it! It proves too heavy to budge, especially for Sir Crokington. So, alright. There's another one, a bit to the west. And here's another one. Oh, 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 that, that bing. Something I ought to do. And back. Okay. Yeah, it is a rectangle. I'm on the west side now. It's another skeletal swordsman. Let's quick combat that. Another 9xp. Take a few moments to grow from the fight. You quickly check over your equipment before once again setting off along the corridor. Oh, there's a... There's another set of stairs. And then I'm going along the south side, sarcophagus, sarcophagus, and sarcophagus. Your cautious exploration comes to an abrupt halt as a sinister shape looms out of the darkness ahead. You instinctively fall back and draw yourself into a defensive stance as a staggering undead horror lurches into view. A rotting gore, its festering tunic covered by the tattered remnants of a grey tunic, moans loudly as it moves towards you, its arms outstretched, its claw-tipped fingers sprayed in anticipation of seizing its intended prey. It's a gore guardian. Moans as it swipes out at you. I'll give you something to moan about. Now you're dead again. You can moan about that, eh, eh? Or maybe you're happy about that? I don't know. Not a theologian. After checking a few moments to recover from the fight, you quickly check over your equipment before once again setting off along the corridor. Okay, there's something on the east side. A large round iron plate is affixed to the east wall in this section of the corridor. The weighty disc appears unremarkable, save for six small square impressions set in the engraving of the sun at its centre. Okay, I've got to get six small square thingamabobs. Possibly these might be associated with the six sarcophagi. Alright, well, let's go down the stairs. Yeah, it's... They got the same labelling as the other stairs, so... Alright, um, then there's... it Once again, you're in a little circle, small as you can get. On the east side of that circle, some more stairs. Here comes another skeletal swordsman. Quick combat, 9xp. On the northeast side, some more stairs. Okay, here's a... Here's an oblong. The cautious exploration comes to a abrupt halt as a sinister shape looms out of the darkness ahead. You instinctively fall back and draw yourself into a defensive stance as a staggering undead horror lurches into view. A chain-clad corpse, its low, mournful wail echoing along the passage, moves in to attack, its decayed hands clutching the haft of a rusted axe. It's a long-dead warrior, begin combat. Corpse viciously attacks you, and it is slain. Another 9xp. Okay. The st a stone face is carved into the eastern wall in this section of the passage. Alright, I've gone, I've gone to the eastern side of this oblong. A broad face, only vaguely human in appearance, displays a grim, almost sinister expression. Pressed into a deep socket in the centre of the bulbous nose that protrudes from the engraved face is a square black gem. 
the opaque stone seems to emit a low hum. A short verse is engraved on the wall just below the face. Let's weed the engraved verse first. Ah, you carefully study the short cryptic verse carved into the wall beneath the engraved face, which conveniently enough has not is from a language that hasn't suffered from severe ling linguistic drift in in the in the time in from the time it was carved to the time I'm there. Because I mean, if you were to see uh, to see even even something like in English from once you go back more than a thousand years or so. It gets really hard to read, and 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 this woman could well be that old, but okay. Well, maybe it's just magic. Yeah, it's just say it's magic. Magic auto. It just conveniently translates it as well. Six to lie, allegiance to Rome, a secret spared beneath my home. Six to wait, break allegiance to fall. A secret share within my hall. Okay, so I've got to kill six things from the from those sarcophaguses, no doubt, and then I get a prize. All right, remove the black gem. Oh, and back. The instant you close your hand around around the black gem, a powerful jolt of energy surges through your body. You instinctively recoil. Staggering to the centre of the passage as you attempt to stave off the ravaging effects of the deadly ancient magic still guarding the curious stone. Your never reserve has been depleted. It's gone. It's completely gone. Now this would be a problem if I couldn't just rush my way out of this dungeon and back to Edmark to fully restore. But... Maybe getting out will prove more difficult now. Having failed to retrieve the stone, you're about to consider another measure for removing it, when you suddenly realise the gem is no longer there. A thin coating of dust is all that remains to mark the spot upon which the black gem rested only moments ago. Okay. That's suddenly... You suddenly draw to a halt and stare wide-eyed at the gruesome sight that looms into view just ahead, the edge of your light. The body of a man, his leather armour in tatters, and his studied skullcap covering his hair lies face down in the centre of the passage. A sword lies next to the slain man's hand. As you get closer, it becomes evident that the man not only met some grisly fate here, deep in these ancient ruins, but he's been dead for quite some time. The stench of rot rises from his decaying remains. Who keeps going to this island and getting killed? That's at least five people who've got themselves killed on this island. You carefully turn the body over and are surprised to discover that the slain man, whose body is whittled with a series of deep gashes, is much older than you had perhaps expected. A tangle of white hair protrudes from dust under the banded whim of the leather skullcrap, betraying the long life that ultimately led to such an unfortunate end. Well, I, well, at least he had a long life first. As you make a quick search of the ma man's body and discover his sword, discover his sword, a small quantity of gold and a thin, square Thin square of hammered gold. It's a short sword well crafted. I'll be taking that. Thin gold plate automatically taken. I discovered this thin square plate of hammered gold on the body of a slain adventurer deep within the ancient ruins of Hawkwest Island. And seven gold tokens! Confident you haven't missed anything of importance, you pause to offer a silent prayer for the unknown soul whose days among the living apparently came to such a brutal end in this dark, lonely dark passage. Then, without further delay, he respectfully moved his body to the edge of the corridor, 
for once again setting off through the musty gloom. Alright, well that was something. And I think that thin gold plate will come in handy somewhere. Maybe in this dungeon, maybe elsewhere on the island. Okay. A vicious hiss suddenly shatters the silence. You immediately draw yourself into combat ready stance. As a cloaked, hooded figure steps out of the darkness ahead. As a sinister being closes in, you're overwhelmed by a nauseating sense of decay. A fleshless face, its wide-eyed sockets, each illuminated by dazzling pinpoints of golden fire, is revealed as the vile is revealed as the vile undead. The creature becomes fully immersed in the glow of your light. Without warning, the skeletal menace stretches wide its fang-filled jaws and tears along the remainder of the corridor, its claw-tipped hands poised to tear into your flesh. This is a bone lord. The savage undead creature tears at you with its claws. Devastating blow for 38 damage. Oh no. But that's all it got in. It is slain. 71 experience. And I, as always I recovered a bit afterwards. As you step back from the remains of your undead foe and struggle to catch your breath following the brutal melee, a quick search of the robe skeleton, skeleton, robe skeleton's remains turns up a small square, glittering blue garnet. Believing that the curious object may prove somehow useful, you promptly take possession of it. With the garnet safely tucked away, you quickly set off along the car. Okay, Let's, Okay, going up the stairs again, going up the stairs again, alright now I'm in the middle room, the, the big long, the long oblong room, yes the open sarcophagus, yep yep that's where the bone lords came from, west on a plinth against the north section of the corridor, on an eight burial box its heavy stone lid pulled back to reveal a deep but empty interior because who was in there has got out and is angry at me it's covered with strange engraved symbols it's the old skeletal security they trip if you trip this alarm skeletons go after them yes you can get it available at all good main shops Yes, yes, do you have something that needs defending? A tomb, perhaps? A tomb? A treasury? A bank vault? A, the, a, the back room of a bakery? With skeleton security? If people, if... Skeleton security? If the alarm is triggered, skeletons come out and kill everybody! Yeah, warning. Skeletons are very dumb and will not be able to distinguish friend, friend from foe. Maybe get a lock instead. A good lock. Yes. The lonely sounds of even footfalls echo along this dark, musty corridor of these ancient ruins. Okay. Alright, gotta get rid of these. Oh, here it comes, Bone Lord number two. Cluck, immediately draws a com combody stance as a cloaked, hooded figure steps out of the darkness ahead. As the sinister being closes in, you're overwhelmed by a nauseating sense of decay. A fleshless face, its wide eyed sockets, each illuminated by dazzling pinpricks of golden fire, is revealed as the undead creature. Which. Revealed as the undead creature becomes fully immersed in the glow of your light. Without warning, the skeletal menace stretches wide its fang-filled jaws and tears along the remainder of your corridor, its claw-tipped hand poised to tear into your flesh. This is a bone lord. Alright, fighting this as usual. And savage undead creature tears at you with its claws. I'd be good at speaking after having done it for more than 500 hours. But apparently not. Anyway, it is slain. 
didn't even get a special in. 71 XP, who stepped back from the remains of the undead foe and struggled to catch a breath following the brutal melee. A quick search of the world skeleton's remains turns up a small, square, glittering blue garlic. Believing the curious object may prove somewhat useful, you promptly take possession of it. Now I'm going to use it so that it's on the quick, on the recently used, so it's on the recently used box just below the stat screen. Just to... Yeah, tend, tends to just come in handy. If you get an item, just use it, and then it's on that list. And you don't have to scroll through your vast supply of miscellaneous items to find it. And then wonder, wait a minute, was it, was it the long iron key? Or the, or the glittering blue iron key? Was it the, uh, the long key open brackets iron? Close brackets. The key of iron. Iron key. <laughs> key. Key. Constructor of iron. <laughs> or something like that. Quickly set off along the corridor. Alright. Particular item maybe you see it. Here's another bone lord. Just going to quick combat that. They're, all, they're, they're pretty simple. They're all the same I think. Uh, I'm, just, I'm wandering around the middle room while I. Okay. Yep, yep, they're all the same. Bone Lord number. Bone Lord number four is defeated, so that's most of them now. And, uh, and they're pretty easy, so I did not have to retreat back to Edmark to restore myself. Now, if I didn't, if I'd done this earlier, there's a pretty decent chance I would have to do that. Yes, but I don't have to now, so I didn't. I mean, I mean, it could. I guess I mean a later one could just somehow get off seven specials in a row, and that would finish me off, but. That's ridiculously unlikely, Bone Lord. Tears it with his claws, Ooh, devastating blow, and it is slain. 71 XP, and the fifth glittering blue garnet. And I'm going to put it on the, oh, Bone Lord again. And it is slain, 71 XP, glittering blue garnet. Alright. Time to use those blue garnets at at the at the place in the, well okay well here it is again a large round plate is affixed to the east wall in this section of the corridor a weighty disc appears unremarkable save for six small square impressions set around an engraving of the sun at its center hmm if the if this uses the glittering blue garnet then. Where does the thin square get used? Was it was there somewhere else that needed a square? I'm just gonna have to go back and check all the places here. Glittering blue garnet. Oh, okay, I remember because I've done this before several times. You place the your blue garnets into the empty impressions at the centre of the iron disc. The glittering gems fit perfectly. Each of them snapping into place with a series of sharp clicks that echo along the passage. 96 experience to general. Very nice. Right, next page, please. A large round plate is affixed to the east wall in this section of the corridor. The way it is compared on remarkable. All six impressions are fitted with glittering blue garlands. Suddenly, a loud rumbling fills the corridors. The wall bearing the iron disc begins to slowly sink into the floor. You watch in amazement as the entire section of wall continues to sink to its top is flush with the surrounding stone. Oh, convenient none of those gears broke over. None, none of this very complicated, complicated clockwork and magical stuff broke in the interim. A small alcove to the east, long hidden behind the wall, has been revealed. Alright, and you can lit you can just it's on the map. I go east. 
He's standing in a small, previously hidden alcove just to the east of the main corridor. A wooden table stands against the back wall of the alcove. A stoppered blue vial rests atop the table. Examine the vial. Small vial, sealed with red, red, red wax, is filled with a thick blue liquid. Several thin cracks are visible on the side of the vial. Leading you to believe that taking the bottle with you will surely prove its ruin. If you wish to consume the contents of the vial, you will need to do it here. Now, normally, in, in real life, if you found a mysterious bottle of fluid in the middle of nowhere and you had no idea what it was, no idea at all, you probably shouldn't drink it. I mean, it might, it's probably not poison, but... There are many things that are poisonous, but aren't, you know, just poisons, like bleach, washing up liquid, and uh, car battery acid, all sorts of fluids that you could be around that you shouldn't drink, or it could just be really bad wine, and that would be bad too. But, the thing is, I went through a lot of work to get it, so it's got to be good. Because it would be really annoying if you went through all this work to get it, and then you just die. Drink the blue liquid. You carefully remove the wax seal and sniff the opening of the vial. Only to discover the thick blue liquid that fills the bottle has no noticeable scent, or at least... It doesn't anymore. It might have had one once, but that could have faded. After taking a deep breath and exhaling sharply, you swiftly consume the contents of the vial. Apart from a slight sense of nausea, nothing seems to happen. Oh, pity. Before you can place the empty vial down on the table, the, crack, the cracked vessel shatters into several jagged fragments, which you promptly discard. Well, you're standing in a small, previously hit, yeah, um, back where I was, wooden table, and, alright, let's make my way out of here. Alright, climbing one step, steps, two set of steps, alright, I'm in the middle of the northern stairs, northern circles, ascend the step, and let's get out of here. Climb the stairs and leave. Suddenly, a series of sharp pains erupt in your abdomen, doubling you over and forcing you to your knees amidst agonised gasps. Your thoughts immediately return to the vial of blue liquid you, re you recently consumed. Oh, it was poison! Just, you know, you had to, you know, get into my digestive tract to do things. Because, you know... Medicine, it has to actually get into your body to do things. Drinking is not like injecting. Injecting goes straight in, straight into your bloodstream and does whatever it does. But if you eat it, it's got to go down the tube, whittle through the stomach, whittle through the intestines. It's got to be picked up, it's got to be delivered, it's got to do lots of stuff. It takes longer to act. Return to the violet plume, which you, yep, and much of profound release. Almost as suddenly as the pain pains began, they abruptly cease. Struggling to regain your wind, you struggle to your feet and steady yourself against the wall. As the lingering of vestiges of pain swiftly depart, the strange and wondrous effect of the potion at last take effect. Your melee rating has been permanently increased by one. Your stamina points have been permanently increased by one. Woohoo! Hey, more stats, more stats, more, more, more stats. More stats is good because you can fight harder and live longer and save more lives or something like that. And the number goes up and that makes me happy. Because I like it when numbers go up. 1,024 experience to general. 
256 experience to all skills and powers. Very, very nice. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now completely recovered from the strange but rewarding ordeal, you prepare to continue on your way. Alright, now let that, okay, we're going to try to leave for wheel this time. Okay, now return to a previously discovered location. Well, well, the only place we haven't really done anything is the lofty vantage point. The rocky promontory upon which you're perched extends out from the top of a sheer cliff that rises that rises nearly 50 feet above the dark water of Lake Ebrek, standing at the very end of the broad outcropping and overlooking the south, you can barely discern the lake's distant southern shore. The foot of the promontory, where the long arm of the ledge meets with a thick blanket of moss creeping out from the nearby forest, is an engraving of a strange fish-like creature. Square impression. Hmm, square. I just got a square. It's set into the centre of the carved image. It looks as if the impression was designed to hold something. Okay, what have I got that's square? Square, 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 square. Square, square, square. Thin gold plate. Yes, that's square. Doesn't say so in the... It doesn't say in the name, so you might forget if you if you got here long long afterwards, you might not remember. Oh, that could go there, but yes. Anyway, I, I just got that. I just got that item from those ruins. Oh, hmm. Was that retrieved from the wounds? Or did someone just have it, was was going to use it here, but they got distracted? Hmm. I mean, I mean obviously, it, 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 obviously, that adventurer got it from somewhere. Hmm. Maybe he got... Hmm. Maybe he took it out of this place, thinking, sell it, maybe. And then he got this, then he went to explore the ruins. Maybe he thought, oh, maybe that. Maybe he thought, oh, maybe this goes in those things. Maybe this is a thing that goes in those square bits. But, but it wasn't. And then he went, and then apparently he must have uncovered. He was overwhelmed. Maybe it was by the regular undead in there. Yeah, it must have been it. Because, because the gem dissolves, so you can't unleash those those skeletons twice. Unless, if after after a period of time they go back in their coffins and the gem reforms, I mean that could happen. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so, somehow it got there. Okay, use the thin gold plate. 128 experience to general. And that's, and that's the universal sign you've done something you were supposed to do. If you get experience, you, it, it means something. You carefully place the thin gold plate into the impression at the centre of the engraving. The plate is a perfect fit. Suddenly... A low rumble rises from somewhere deep within the earth, culminating in a series of violent tremors that shake the ground beneath your feet. For less than a minute, both the rumble and the tremors have disappeared. You discover, much to surprise, the gold plate you placed in its impression, impression in engraved image, is no longer able to be removed. 
The thin square of gold is now a permanent part of the engraving. Okay. Okay, what's that done? Hmm. Maybe someone in Ebmark can tell me. Call off your exploration. Alright, take the boat back to Ebmark. Alright. Yusina, can you tell me anything? Yusina, well, the amulet was covered for, for Heartwest Island, invites you and impromptly offers you a steaming bowl of fish stew she's been simmering over the fire. She made another one? Hmm. Guess she just likes the stew. After a care, large opening of delicious stew, which is accompanied by several servings of paleo, you spend nearly an hour conversing with her across a wide range of subjects. Yeah, I ask her. I ask her about that thing, Gold Gold Square. She doesn't know anything. At length, happy to have shared her company, but wary of overstaying your welcome, you thank her for the meal and bid her farewell. She again thanks you for finding and returning the amulet as you make your way out of the dwelling. Alright, return to Ebmark. Suddenly. In the days that follow your return to Ebmark, you learn that the, town, the town's fishing trade has suddenly and inexplicably been restored to its former glory. The blue sawfin, long a staple of Ebmark's bountiful catch, has returned to the waters of Lake Ebmark. In abundance. While many of the locals see fit to propose wild theories, wild theories about what has been brought, what has brought back the prized fish, you can't help but think it might. I think that something you have done while exploring Hawkwest Island might have played a role. Two hundred and fifty-six experience to general. Now, how, why that worked? I don't know. Wait a minute. Was that guy dying actually part of the part of the ritual? Yeah, you know, it's some sort of children of the corn thing where someone has to die for the harvest to come in, but this time it's fish. Yeah, but probably not. Probably just a coincidence. He probably just took. Probably just took. He probably, he probably just slipped out over the centuries. He took in and he wandered off. Yes. Hmm. And now... And anyway, now it's back. Back and everything is well and hopefully no one was murdered to do, to do it. Hmm. 250 experience to general. 256 experience to general. And this unlocks a new adventure called The Prisoner of Tha of, of Thalbrewek. Now, now, I know that's a pretty big adventure. Uh, but we're nearly at 40 minutes, so... Um, I, think, I think there is a short adventure we could do to... To make up for, to get us to an hour. Alright. Tell me special goods. Okay. You speak at length with Churin, who seems to drift from subject to subject and learn that Ebrock, despite some recent troubles, has seen a sudden resurgence in his thriving fishing trade. The young shopkeeper tells you the blue saw thin, long a staple of Ebrock's renowned catch has inexplicably returned to the waters of Lake Ebrach in greater numbers. Ask Darium about the sudden change. Maybe all those Sawthin were busy battling the beast, he says, smiling. It's just the way things are. The fish are gone, and now they're back. Sounds a bit simple, to be sure. Don't, don't see that there's really anything mysterious about it. Your conversation with Trium drifts away from the recent return of the Sawfin and onto a wide variety of topics, most of which are of little interest to you. After several minutes of largely inane chatter, you politely excuse yourself. You can sell things here as well. Oh, I'm going to sell him a club. And it's sold. For 150 gold. 
probably not the best price you can get, but really. Let's give it a try. Alright, Beast End Tavern ventures for this location. The Scourge of Evmark. He goes by the name Gramnir. Though he's very much doubt that's his real name, says Jiren. He's a dangerous man. A blight on this town. I don't think most folks would care one way or another if he were to go missing. Yep. Alright, it's going to be normal or scale. I'll do it normal. Seated at the back table in Beast Den's common room, you speak at length with Jim Carthen, the, tav the tavern's tall, slim, and exceptionally pleasant keeper, and learn that he has become quite concerned at night at a local roughneck whom Jim tells you has recently been smuggling something across Lake Ebrek by the way of Ebmark. He goes by the name of Grumyar, for I most doubt it's his real name, says Durin. He's a dangerous man, a blight on this town, and I don't think most folks would care one way or another if he was to go missing. Durin says that the cargo Gramnir is smuggling must be quite valuable, Seems to have taken a great deal of precaution regarding his movements in and out of Earthmark. I don't know what that car is, he says. But to be quite honest with you, neither do I care. Grimnir is nothing but trouble for this town and its good people. The scourge of Earthmark was what I call him. He's a bad and dangerous sort. It's the company of some very dangerous folk. Folk who have no business in Earthmark. Jiren falls silent and glances around the half-filled room, as if to make certain his next words aren't overheard. He wouldn't be met with tears if he were to disappear one day, he says. Do you know what I mean? I think you do. Jiren tells you that since acquiring the tavern, following the disappearance of his previous owner, Ibril, he's become aware of the problems caused by Gramrir and his crew of brigands particularly their suspected association nefarious M elements, those elements being the Night Whispers, as highlighting the link reveals. There aren't many who are said, but I believe Gramnir was somehow involved with what happened to our brawl, he says. I can't prove that, mind, but I have to think that he was in on whatever happened to him. I say that because I had a bit of a run-in within a couple of weeks back, a very unpleasant one, one of that. He threatened me. Jim explains that Graham here asked to arrange to meet with several associates in the cavern's comp room after dark when the beast den was closed. Already suspicious of the local roughneck and his roughneck and his cohorts, Durin refused. His request in January is sent him a subtle but chilling threat. He told me to watch out, I don't end up in the belly of the beast, says Jiren. I immediately thought of Ibro, who I never met him. I think he might very well be at the bottom of the lake. Jiren tells you he couldn't reveal anything about Grandma's threat to his wife, Edessa. He says that she would have immediately confronted the brigand and unlikely have made an already dangerous situation much worse. We... Odessa and I are not the sort that needs to confront Gromir, he says. You, however, are precisely the sort. He'll listen to someone like you, at the very least. He won't be so quick to make threats or draw arms against you. But he's probably a coward at heart, though regretfully. He's also the sort to have no qualms about dispatching what he deems, deems a threat to his empty... He, what he deems a threat to his enterprise. Jim glances about the calm room and turns his attention back to you. His searching gaze leaving you to believe he's attempting to discern your reaction to what he just said. If Grandmaria happened to disappear along her shores, no one would give it a second thought, he says quietly. They might even say the beast did it. The beast seems to get a blame for quite a lot around here. He is no family that we know of. But it's not likely to be missed by anyone, save the unsavoury lot employed in his dark little endeavours. Jorin tells you that he would like you to rid, rid the town of Gramir once for all, 
He says he doesn't care how to go, how you go about it, or what the outcome for Grandmere is, as long as the Waffneck never returns to Ebmark. He says you he will pay you whatever he can afford if you can succeed. I'm sure you already know how best to accomplish this, he says. Please, Sir Crokington, will you help us? Okay, I can use divination first. Succeeded. 4xp to divination. You sense that Juan has told you the truth. What he firmly believes is the truth about Gramwe. Okay, I'll help him out. You agree to help, telling Juan that you will deal with Gramwe and his crew. The tavern keep nods grimly and then suddenly smiles, telling you that he feels as if the great weight has been lifted from him. Her bark would be a better place without him and his brigands haunting our shores, he says. You didn't worry either. There isn't a soul around would be sorry to see the back of him. Dewan tells you that Gramp here has recently been arriving aboard a small boat several times a week in the smallest of three coves on Edmark shores. Really a mile east from town. He's got a crew of three with him. Sometimes four, he says. I've been told to be... I've had this told to me by a reliable fella. Managed to see a bit of it for myself. There's something going on. That much I can tell you. The boat that comes in... The boat, the boat that lock comes in and is loaded with something. Cranks or some such. Smuggling something as like it's not. Though it hardly matters what. He thinks he's got free reign to do as he pleases. He doesn't care who he hurts or who he crosses. You ask Durin about the cove, and he provides you with directions to the inlet. He then tells you that according to his reliable friend, Grandmere will again be landing at the cove tonight, just after midnight. That would be the place to confront him, he says, out of sight and away from town. Remember, the important thing is that he doesn't return. How you decide to assure the outcome is, of course, up to you. Durin tells you that with several hours to go before you would need to depart, you should rest up for the night's excursion. He tells you to settle in near the fire in the common room and offers you both ale and paleo. Never know what. F- Never know what fancy what folk will fancy to fortify themselves, he says. Round here, those by the lakes chill are just as likely to want paleo as they are ale. Having spent the remainder of the afternoon, afternoon and most of the evening in the Beast Den's com, tom, common room, alternating between paleo and an ale, you set out from Evmark an hour before midnight, headed for the cove described to you by Duin. Following a well-worn road leading out of town to the east, you reach the cove and quickly take cover in the woods on the western edge of the inlet. There lurk in the shadows. You stare uh, You stare across the black, mist-covered expanse of Lake Ebrek. A chill breeze sleeps off the water and drifts ashore, now and again rattling the leaves and the upper reaches of the trees that surround you. Having estimated that you've been waiting nearly an hour, you're beginning to wonder there will be no landing at the cove tonight when the sudden and unmistakable sound of footfalls reaches your ears. Slowly turning your head in the direction of sound, you watch as the low, dark figure of the man moves cautiously along the wide track that leads down from the road and into the cold, stony shore. You watch as the man approaches the shore of the lake and holds up a shutter lantern, looks around, then rapidly shutters and unshutters the lamp several times, spinning the lantern's bright bright light across the dark waters of the lake in what seems to be a rehearsed pattern. After several minutes, another light far out on the dark surface of the lake flashes three times, an obvious answer that a single signal sent out from the shore. The man, now standing just a few yards from the lake's edge, shutters and lowers his lantern. Your eyes become fixed on the distant black shape bogging on the misty surface of the lake. As the shape draws closer to closer to shore, you realise it's a small boat. After several minutes, you can make out what appears to be four people crowded into the tiny vessel. It's now obvious the man standing nearby is the lookout, 
who does signal to the occupants of the boat that it's safe for them to come ashore. You quickly decide your best move would be to take care of the lookout while he's alone. Got quite a few options. Telekinesis, Feathery, Elementalism, Illusion, Archery, Attack Him, or Remain in Hiding and Observe. I'm going to use Elementalism. Succeeded. 4xp to Elementalism. You channel your power of Elementalism and watch as the long, broad arm of a mighty water element where it whops from the surface of the lake only a few feet from, from shore. Lookout cries out in alarm and stumbles backwards as the elemental surging appendage lashes out at him, striking the side of his torso and sending him sprawling to the stony ground. As the elemental's arm slinks back into the lake, the panicking man staggers to his feet. He, his breathing rapid and ragged as he fearfully strikes, stares out across the dark expanse of water. Clearly unnerved by the strange and unsavoury turn of events, the man suddenly drops his lantern and hastily retreats from the cove, swiftly vanishing into the surrounding gloom. Remaining hidden in the trees, you watch as the small, small boat comes ashore. When the vessel slips into the shadows, four figures... Four figures clamber over the sides and haul the laden grass onto the stony patch of earth at the edge of the dark lake. You immediately hear two of the men refer to one of the others as Gramier. The man identified as Gramier tells the other three men that he wishes to unload load the boat before fetching the wagon. You also hear that Gramier comment on the missing lookout. As the four men begin removing, removing wooden crates from the boat, Realise the time has come for you to make your move. Alright, I can attack them or approach them. Just attack them. You already decide how you attack. Columbia and his crew. Archery, thievery, illusion, elementalism, telekinesis. Just charge at them. Or decide to approach them instead. I'm going to use telekinesis. Succeeded. 4x speed to telekinesis. You channel your power of telekinesis and use it to expertly hurl several fist-sized stones at the small four men. Cursing wildly, the men attempt to cover up as the stones streak out of the darkness, several of them finding their mark. Obviously startled by this strange episode, Gramlia's men swiftly retreat along the path, their eyes scouring, scouring the darkness in all directions. After falling back several yards, the three men, ignoring their leader's angry commands, Flee into the night and are soon swallowed up by the surrounding gloom. Cursing at his fleeing crew, Gramlir boldly holds his ground, fixing you with a defiant, almost murderous gaze. Despite his silent bravado, you sense the, the sneering smuggler is fearful of you. We needn't do anything rash, he says, making no move to draw the sword hanging his belt. You go your way, friend, and I'll go mine. I've no quarrel with you. When you tell Grum here that he must also promise to never return to Edmark, his expression hardens for a moment. Then, slowly, as if coming to terms with an unexpected request, begins to nod. I won't be back, he says, still glowing. You don't have to tell me who sent you. And though I've a few good guesses on the matter. Don't worry. I'll go, and I won't be back. A few, a few moments of tense silence follow, during which you carefully contemplate your next course of action. Okay, I can allow him to leave or attack him, but I can use divination first, and I shall. Succeeded. You channel your power of divination, and immediately sense that Grandmere is telling what he believes to be the truth, and that he's extremely fearful of him. Admittedly, just because he won't be back, that doesn't mean they won't just send someone else. Nah, 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 nah. I've got to make, I've got to make this place. I've got to make it quite clear. This place is not worth the risk. I have to attack him. Your swift and sudden attack seems to momentarily take Grandma by surprise. The scourge of Edmark fumbles to draw his sword as he attempts to fend off your assault. It's Grandmere. 
Hmm. Do I kill or subdue? Kill or subdue? I'm gonna kill. Stab at your enemy, and he is slain. 10 XP. Gramir's death cry. A blood-chilling howl of anguish echoes out across the dark, misty surface of the vast lake as he slumps to the ground at your feet. The smuggler. The brigand. The man Jern Kothmir called the Scourge of Edmark is no more. The quick search of Grandmere's body turns up the following. It's a well-crafted club, I'll take that. Uh, 70 gold. On the laden boat you discover a leather satchel filled with gold. 174 gold. You open several of the crates packed onto the vessel and are surprised to find they are filled with vials containing a thick black liquid. You immediately suspect the substance in the vials is some sort of poison. Having concluded your search, you, gra you drag Granary's corpse out to the lake and set it adrift. You then do the same for the small boat. Then, without looking back, you trudge back to shore and make your way out, out of the cove. Heading steadily, but cautiously in the direction of Ebmark. You return to Ebmark and, early the following morning, find yourself seated in a small room just off the back of the Beast End's main hall. Jim Carthmere, the proprietor of the cavern, nods grimly when you announce that he and others in town will no longer be bothered by Grammere. Forgive me for asking, but can we be certain of it? Yes, he's dead. Yeah, you can be very certain. That's the only way you can be certain someone won't bother you. The grim omission doesn't seem to vague you him. Jim. Slipping on a mug of paleo, the tavern keep listens as you relate to him your encounter with Grumweir and his crew, though you miss a few of the unnecessary details. You leave no doubt that the man whom Joan described as the scourge of Edmark met his death at your hands. Then we are, at last and for certain, rid of him, he says nodding. Good. A fitting end to a man who's caused untold misery in these parts. Well done. Jimmy retrieves a heavy cloth bag and hands it to you. Peering into the sack, you discover that it's filled with gold. 250 gold tokens. Without Grammere and his earl, his ilk running about, this town will be a different sort of place, he says. You've earned every bit of that, my friend. If there's any more I could give you, I would. Thank you. As you prepare to leave, Durin suddenly tells you this entire affair will remain a secret. I won't even whisper of it to Lelsa, he says. She can think things to herself, mind. She used it us. This whole business is better kept just between us. You agree with you, Durin, and Tavakleep sees both pleased and relieved. He then wishes you luck and tells you not to be a stranger to even Edmark or the Beast Den. A new beginning around here, that's what it is, he says as you depart. A new beginning full of promise and hopefully prosperity. Well, I've dealt with the prosperity thing. Well, may the All Father keep you, so Crowley, you know. And as A.O. and Pales be found to be had just out there, as much as you'd like, you thank him and bid him farewell and make your exit. Standing just outside the tavern, you watch as a group of seven children, following closely on the heels of a stern-faced woman, make their way along the town's muddy main thoroughfare. As they pass the tavern, one of the children, a tall girl whose head is covered with an unkept mop of raven hair, steals out of possession and runs up to you. Before you quite know what's happening, she grabs your white hand, turns it over, and presses something small and cold into it. You can keep it. She says, flashing a mysterious smile before turning and slipping back into the departing flock. Flock. She looks back only once as the group turns a corner into, into the lane and disappears from view. Almost immediately, your curious gaze becomes fixed on the copper coin that's on that was put on my head, but I, I, I but I shook it off. <laughs> you closely examine the worn piece, discover one side bears the etching of a star as a copper coin. You receive this coin from a young girl in Edmark, 
while standing outside the Beast Den Tavern. One side of the coin bears an etching of a star. Wondering what, if any significance, may be attached to the unexpected acquisition, you slip the coin in amongst your other possessions. Then vowing to momentarily put both the strange encounter and your confrontation with Grandma out of mind, you wander along the lane, happy to just stroll for a while and take in the many sights and sounds of Edmark. And that ends that adventure with 256 experience to general and 16 XP to all skills and powers. It's very nice. There's no... Yeah, he's talks... Alright. Okay, he doesn't mention what I've just did. The tavern crowd seems particularly peerfully based on several conversations you manage to over. Over here, it seems the return of the blue saw thing, the staple of Edmark's catch, is to credit for the renewed spirit of the den's hardy patronage. Okay, and that is the end of that adventure. I guess next time... Hmm, do I want to do Prisoner of Tell of Thalberic? Hmm, it's a formal adventure, so I'm not going to forget it. So maybe, well, well, I guess you'll just have to watch and to listen and find out. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.